0: shall make her boast in the Lord the humble shall hear thereof and be glad oh magnify the Lord with me and let us let us let us exalt his name together amen amen isn't God good yeah even when stuff don't seem good to us God is still good even when you don't feel good, God is still good. Even when things ain't don't look good, God is still good. Amen. And, and and we can we can take consolation knowing that God is always good. Amen. Amen. We're so glad to to be back in the city, back back home. Uh, we we thank the church for allowing us to go down to. Uh, the national lectureship in St. Louis and uh, we had a grand time. We we learned some things and and got to fellowship with some saints from across the country. Uh, Got a chance to relax a little bit. Amen. And and, uh, the longer I live, the more I appreciate relaxing. Amen. I wasted so much breath arguing with my mother, telling me to go to bed. I said I wasn't sleepy. And now, if you tell me to go to bed before you get through, I'm in the bed. <laughs> it don't take much these days, but but I, I, I thank God for allowing us to be able to go and and to return, and then I come back. We come back Friday, and it was sunny. And nice. And then the next day, it was snowing. And Lord of mercy, God is still on the throne. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the Bible is right. His ways are not our ways. Ain't no way in the world I have is 70 one day and snow in the next. His ways are not our ways. Yeah, yeah. I thought when spring came, spring was here. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Amen. All we can do, all we can do is adjust. Amen. I might have been fitting to wear this, but I think I got to wear that today. Say that for next month. Amen. But we thank God. We thank God for his continual blessings. Uh, he has is, he is over and over and over showed us how great He really, really is. And that's why you're here this morning, isn't it? To worship God, a God who is awesome. Awesome doesn't even fit it, but he is more than awesome. And I want to to talk to you this morning from the book of Mark. And if you go to the fourth chapter... And land at verse number three, you will find these words. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And others fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some 30, and some 60, and some 100. And he said unto them, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. I want to pose a question this morning. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? With all we face each day, with the appearance that all around is getting worse and not better, the question which needs to be answered today is is it worth it to be a Christian? Morality is missing, crime is increasing, disrespect is popular. The rich get richer, and the poor get poorer. And we wonder, is it worth it? Profanity proliferates our TV programs. Murder, meanness, and madness meet us at every turn. This world doesn't seem to even want to hear about Jesus. And sometimes some of us don't either. People's lives are ruined every day because of poor choices and nowhere to turn for the right answers. Not only those on the outside, but some of us on the inside. And and because it seems like there's trouble on every hand, some might wonder, is it worth it? There are times... In our lives as children of the king of kings that we wonder to ourselves are we making a difference doing the right thing are we having any effect or being effective at all in the work of the kingdom but I want to look at the sower this morning he does not go out to grow he goes out to So, he does not fret over the results. He just sows. He does not trust in his ability as a farmer. He just sows. He doesn't stop at failure. He just sows. This indicates to me that we should just do what God has given us to do And not concern ourselves with the question, is it worth it? Because if we do, we'll begin to wonder, is it worth it to try to do right when nobody else does? Is it worth it to abstain from sinful acts when it seems like everybody else is having such a good time and not suffering any consequences? Is it worth it? to feel remorse for our sins when nobody else seems to feel that way? Is it worth it to give when it doesn't seem like we're getting anywhere? Is it worth it to sing with the spirit when it seems like I'm the only one singing? Is it worth it to show love to one another when it's not shown to me? Is it worth it to show my Christianity to sinners who care nothing about what the Bible said? Is it worth it to despise foul language when everybody's using it? Is it worth it? Am I just spinning my wheels here? The Bible gives us valuable insight in this lesson because Jesus through the account of Mark's gospel tells us how God works. The explanation of the parable in chapter 4 verses 14 through 20. The text said the sower soweth the word. The sower sows the word. The seed is the word of God. And, and, And our job is to sow the word. We're not responsible for the results. We are responsible for sowing the word. Verse 15, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately. And taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Anybody remember anybody got baptized and then the next Sunday you don't see them no more ever again? We've all seen that, right? The Bible told us it was going to happen. So we can't be shocked because it's not our responsibility. Our job is to sow. And so he says Satan will come immediately. And take the word out of their hearts. Verse 16. And these are they likewise. Which are sown on stony ground. Who when they have heard the word. Immediately receive it with gladness. And have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time afterward. When affliction or persecution arises. For the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. Anybody know somebody stay away from church because they're going through stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the worst place to be when when you're going through stuff is away from the church. It's like saying I can't make my doctor's appointment because I'm sick. Y'all get what I'm talking about? If you're going through something, this is where you need to be. Verse 17. I'm sorry, verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Church, we need to watch out for the worldly influences that bombard us daily. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm I, I can't. I can't say for certainty, but I'm 99.99% sure that sectarianism ain't going to get me. You, 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 you won't find me at some other place other than the church of Christ. Now, I'm, I understand what I'm saying. I need to qualify that because people, people are people. All over this world. I mean that down to my bones right this minute. Now there might come a time down the road where I lose my mind. But right here, right now today, ain't going nowhere. And we need to recognize that because everybody in here done said, I ain't never until you did. Right? Right? I ain't, I ain't finna ask you what it was. You just nod and say, "Yeah, you're right, brother preacher." Just keep it moving. Don't don't hang out there too long. But 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 I don't think that's gonna, what worries me is worldliness. What worries me is trying to want what other folk got. What worries me is focusing on the wrong things. Y'all follow what I'm talking about? I, I was talking about. I told y'all before my, my water heater went out just before I left town. Uh-huh. So on the way home, I'm I'm trying. I'm talking to plumbers. I'm calling the stores, trying to get things arranged because yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Once I get home, I need to get some hot water up in there, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yes, yes. So I'm talking and so and so and so. I'm telling my wife how much it's gonna cost, yeah. and I say, man, I was hoping. She said, well, thank God we got it. Got it to pay for it. Well, I say, I say, yeah, but but I was I was hoping to get a little bit ahead. And now I gotta use that to get back even. Y'all follow what I'm talking about? I, I was hoping to make some improvements, and not not some. And she said, "Well, just thank God." I said, "Look, I ain't complaining. I, I, I'm not. I ain't ungrateful. I, I, I just need to. I was just noticing. Like I'm trying to make a step forward, but I'm doing all I can to stay even. Sometimes we need to watch where we at, and realize that it's God that's taking care of us." Amen. So you won't ask yourself, is it worth it? Then he says, verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth some, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixtyfold, and some a hundred. That's the effect of the seed. Because if it was the skill of the sower, all of it would have brought forth 30, 60, or 100. This, when you ask the question, is it worth it? If anybody should ask the question, it's the sower. Because he failed three out of four times. Do y'all notice that? He didn't get 30, 60, 100 every time. Only one out of four. Suppose he had quit after three. Uh-oh. The batter gets three strikes. Yeah, that is. That is it is. If he quits before the third strike, yeah. who knows what success he could have had. How many two-strike home runs have there been? How many two-strike uh, grand slams have there been? Uh, how many two-strike clutch hits have there been? How many two-strike game winners have there been? You can't quit just because it doesn't seem to be going the way that you think it ought to go. Amen. In, in verse 21 of that same chapter, Jesus said, and he said unto them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? Jesus is still making, a, making an illustration. Here. He's saying you ought to be out there where you are needed. Yeah. Uh-oh. Candles are needed in darkness. The more dark it is, the more necessary the candle is. The more lunacy that's in the world, the more needed it is for some intelligent folk to show themselves. The more immorality spread, the more the need for strong morals to be exhibited. The more violence in the world, the more need for a forgiving spirit to be put on display. Church, we are needed in the world because the world is so messed up. They need to be able to look at God's people and see something different than they see in everybody else. They need to see somebody showing some kindness. They need to see somebody showing some love, showing some forgiveness. They ought to see somebody who act like they got some sense. Because we know this world is full of folk that act like they ain't got no sense. And so, so Jesus says, you don't light a candle to hide it. You light a candle to light the room. And even if folk don't appreciate the light, even if they don't understand what the light represents, we need to let our little light shine so that God can get the glory. Don't ask, is it worth it? Look who you're working for. Look who's on whose behalf you are speaking. The answer to when we should show our Christianity is whenever there is Sinfulness. When should we express the love of God when men don't recognize it? Well, when should we become lights to sit on a candlestick when the darkness has men stumbling and falling? Right. Who should see our faith? Those who have no faith. Well, who should see our love? Those who don't know how to love. Right. There's where there's where does the sower sow? He sows where there ain't no crops. Right. You know what i saying? He doesn't go out into a field of standing grain and start sowing seed. He doesn't sow there. It's already been so. I'm going to sow over here. So where does the word of God need to be exhibited? Where there is no word of God. The gospel is entrusted to us. It's our responsibility to go forth and sow. If you don't plant a seed, it cannot grow. There's a world of fertile soil out there just waiting to be planted. Is it worth it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But, preacher, in the parable, the harvest was abundant. The seed brought forth 30, 60, and 100 fold. But we don't seem to be growing like that. When growth does occur, it's not of our doing. Right. Also, mm. when growth does occur, it's not always easily distinguishable. A right. well. uh, yes, six-month-old baby mm. is still a baby. Right. And they're pretty small, right? Yeah. right? But they're bigger than a three-month-old baby. Isn't that right? right. right. Yes, sir. And even if you see that baby every day the incremental growth that is being experienced well, is not always that's visible. That's right. After a while you notice that the little baby pants that used to come down here, now they stop right here. Uh-huh. Right? right. The, 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 the shirt that used to be a little loose now is kind of tight. Come on, parents, help me out here. You had the little bitty shoes that used to slide on quickly. Now you got to wiggle them a little bit. Growth is not always distinguishable. Plus, we have to to be careful at what kind of growth we're looking for. I cannot grow any taller Mm. than I am right now. Somebody say, You can grow wider. Yeah. I <laughs> My verticality is, is limited. All right. But I cannot be any taller than I am right now. But while I cannot grow taller, I can grow in stature. I can grow in substance. I can grow in wisdom. I can grow in love. I can grow in knowledge. I can grow in brotherly kindness. I can grow in patience. I can grow in faith. I can grow in quality where I may not have a chance to grow in quantity. Y'all see what I'm talking about? And so I need to have some growing up on the inside. Even if I don't have any growing up on the outside. Oh, y'all gonna get this in a minute. When you sow the seed, the word is gonna grow on the inside. And we need to make sure that we are growing on the inside. I have long been convinced that when we become, when we start growing on the inside, we'll start growing on the outside. I don't have no doubt about that. But even if we don't grow on the outside, God still wants us to grow up on the inside. And the seed is the word. So what we're really asking, is it worth it to obey the will of God? Well, let's see if there's any reason why we should. I believe that it's worth it because of the goodness of God. God is good. That's the ringing declaration of the Bible. The Lord is good. If he were not good, we wouldn't send up our prayers. We wouldn't keep running to him when trouble comes. So, God must be good. Don't you recall what he has done for you? Didn't he watch over you when you were a babe in your mother's arms? Didn't he protect you in the midst of your wild youthful days? Hasn't he guided your stumbling feet and prevented you from falling when you should have fallen? Didn't he open some doors for you that were shut when you got there? Didn't he do it? Didn't he? Went, what about your job? did he direct your thinking to speak intelligently at the interview? Yeah. did he wake you up every morning, allow you to get to work on time? Amen. On time? Amen. 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 Didn't he help you get a place to live? Didn't uh-huh. he move some obstacles out of your way? Yeah. Come on, somebody. Amen. Didn't he put some strength in you when you had given out and almost given up? You remember that time when you was so low, you didn't want to talk to nobody, you don't go nowhere? Then you remember that time the Lord got you up on your feet? Don't you remember that time he made a way out of no way? Is it worth it? I think it might be. Do you recall the situation when somebody mistreated you for no reason without all? And when it was all over, you look back? And the Lord had made your enemies your footstool. Don't you know how deep down in your heart the Lord is good? Uh Had he provided you with some honest and goodness friends? Uh Some family members that you can count on? Say amen, somebody. God has always been blessing us, and we need to recognize how good God is. So when you ask me, is it worth it? Oh, yes, it's worth it. Uh When God has been that good to you, you ought to take every opportunity to praise him especially us. We should always be praising God. Oh, you may not do it like others do, but you'll do something. Amen. You'll open up and let your overflow flow. You might not jump up and down, but you'll clap your hands. You might not clap your hands, but you'll pat your feet. You might not wave your hands, but you'll sit there and nod. Amen. God has been good to me. There's some things that he brought my way I didn't see coming. And I'm glad he brought it because I didn't even ask for it. He knew I needed it before I needed it. Something will touch you and you'll have a praise from God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. Praise God. He spoke to Mother's earth. She dressed up in a green garment and rolled it into the space. Baptized it with liquid mist and green carpet on the earth. Uh, tacked it down with snapdragons and lilies and daffodils uh, and trees. Uh, he ordered a variety of blooming flowers and transformed figured it into a marvelous attraction. Praise God yeah. who organized the an angelic hosts uh, to provide music while his glory flooded the hills of Bethlehem. Praise God who sent his son on a heavily made airplane and rode down to this low land of sorrow, leaped into the Virgin Mary, and was born in the city of David. He laid in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. Praise God, who makes me walk like I'm rich, even if I don't have a dime in my pocket. Praise God, who allows me to sleep On a pillow of peace and a cushion of comfort, he opens doors that no man can shut. And if I'm running a little later, he'll hold it open until I get there. Praise God. He's my rock, my strength, my hope, our guide, our peace, our life, our salvation, our Lord, our Savior, and our all in all. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? If I'm to save my soul, yes. If I want to go to heaven when I die, yes. If I want to see my Savior's face in peace, yes. If I intend to be obedient to the instructions of the Bible, yes, it's worth it. To you who are not a Christian today, to you who have not been baptized and not been added to the church of Christ the time is now I don't know if you know but there is a church in the Bible I don't know if you know but when Jesus said upon this rock I will build my church he did not mean all these other places around town he meant his church God has always had one isn't that right up he had one people Israel he had one son Jesus he had one will obey me he made one promise that I'm going to deliver on you all be gathered around my throne God said I will build my church Amen. and if you are not a member of the church of Christ the time is now if you're not been baptized the time is now. Is it worth it? If you're not baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you cannot go to heaven when you die. If you're not baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you are not a child of God. If you're not baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you're not a member of the church that Christ built. If you have not been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you are headed for eternal damnation. If you are not baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, God is not with you. God does not hear you. God does not recognize you. God has no mansion waiting for you. If you're not baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you don't have access to the peace, and you don't have the peace of God. If you're not baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you don't have an inheritance waiting for you in the end. The Holy Spirit is not working in you. Christ is not advocating for you. If you're not baptized for the forgiveness of your sin, you're blocking your own blessing because Christ has some spiritual blessings that are only in him. Much as we beg, I don't want to miss no blessing that the Lord has for me. I want to get everyone that he has for me. Isn't that all right? So those of you who are not Christians this morning, you need to know that Jesus died so that you can be saved. That's right. He died so that you can be added to his body right. and be a part of his family. But when you don't be, when you're not baptized, you don't get none of those benefits. That's right. But when you are baptized for the remission of your sins, you can pray with confidence, That's right. believe with conviction, yes, sir. smile amidst chaos, right. and look forward to heaven with assurance. You can face your trials with... Heavenly assistance, and you can sing with satisfaction that's when you are baptized in the Christ. You can pray with thanksgiving, you can grow in grace and grow in knowledge. When you are baptized in according to the Bible, you have a father in heaven, an advocate in Jesus, and guidance by the Holy Spirit. When you are baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you enjoy the benefits of the love of God, the peace of God the protection of God the provision of God and the power of God when you have been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins you have a whole new family of believers you have somebody to pray for you you have somebody to care for you you have somebody to show you some love you have somebody to help you grow you have somebody to help you study when you are in the body of Christ someone you can rejo- who will rejoice when you rejoice, who will weep when you weep, when you've been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you can commune every Lord's Day and thank him for his sacrifice. You can talk to the Lord whenever you need it to know whatever the answer is. It's going to work out to my good. You can sing about Jesus. Feel comfort and joy and excitement because he will be your Lord. When you've been baptized in the body of Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. Jesus will be your Savior. Jesus will be your friend. Jesus will be your helper. Jesus will be your guide. Jesus will be your Lord. If you want Him to be your Lord, you need to be baptized. If you want to be saved, you need to be baptized. If you want to go to heaven when you die, you need to be baptized. Somebody here this morning needs to be baptized. Is it worth it? Oh, absolutely. It's worth it. Yeah, but brother preacher, I know some Christians and they, they still have a hard life. But you know what? The benefit of being in Christ and having a hard life than being out of Christ and having a hard life is that when you're in Christ, you ain't got to deal with that hard life all by yourself. Amen. You got some help. In that hard life. Amen. So, so when folks see you, when they folks see you, they'll see somebody different. They wonder why you ain't closed the door and took a handful of pills. They wonder why you can still hold your head up, even though I know what they're doing to you. They wonder why you can still smile in the midst of all the adversity you're facing. Tell them the Lord is holding me up. I'm suffering on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. Amen. I got a God on my side, and he cares about his people. Anything we learn in our Bible study, God cares about his people. Amen. You come through for your people. You protect your people. You care about your people. You listen to your people. You love your people. I'm just glad to be one of his people. Amen. Somebody today, somebody today needs to be added to the church of Christ. And then some of us in the body, uh-huh. we're going through stuff and Satan might plant that thought in your mind. That's right. Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Is it worth, ain't nobody treating you right. Ain't nobody trying to help you. Ain't nobody kind to you. People do all sorts of things. Are you, are you trying to be a Christian? And and Satan will always send somebody. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Always. Say so, now, if if you don't want to get him, I get him. Yeah, I know. I see y'all laughing. Y'all heard that before. I hope none of y'all said that before. But. But we, we, we know how Satan do, right? That's right. I wouldn't take that if I was you. Well, I you. Right? right? Trying to send me off in the wrong direction. Make you say, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's worth it. Because I want to make heaven my home. Well. I've seen God work. And I've seen God up His game, do better and better and more better. And what is He gonna say for the last act? I don't want to miss it. Right? I want to make sure i mean that number to see what He gonna do. Mm-hmm. Isn't that all right? Anna? Right? I mean, I mean, look at look at what God did. First, He was God to Abraham. Yes. Yeah. He promised Abraham, I'm going to give you a family. Mm -hmm. Then it was God to Abraham's seed. But it was just them. It wasn't just one man. Now it's one nation. But God about to up his game again. Because now he's going to send Jesus. Now he's going to be God to Jew and Gentile. Amen. He said, I've sent you some blessings but if you get in Christ, I got some blessings for you that you can't get out of Christ. Amen. And so if I get in Christ, now I'm part of his family. I wasn't no Hebrew uh, descendant. I got his grace. I got blessings in Christ that I wouldn't have had before. What is he saving for the last act? If you want to be baptized, you need to come. If you need prayer, you need to come. We're going to ask you to come. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, if you're willing to repent of your sins and confess that I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, then we'll baptize you in water for the forgiveness of your sins. And that's what baptism is. It's for the forgiveness of our sins. And it puts us in the church of Christ. If that's your desire, why don't you do that right now while we're together. Stand and while we sing, we ask you to come. 644. When we walk with the Lord in the light of...